You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the first ever HHWJ. I'm here with Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hello. Say hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. <laughs> How are you guys today? Best day ever. It's great. It's start of the of a new uh, of a new journey for us. Yeah, what's going on? Anything good happened today? Sun's out. Sun's out. Guns out. Well, not for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about HHWJ. How did it become a thing? How did it become a thing? So first, HHWJ is Happy Hour with Jamie. And um, I don't know. It just showed up in my calendar one day, actually. <laughs> I don't know what it is all about. Can you tell me? Uh, I don't know. I remember one day you and Dave were having drinks together, and I was not happy because you guys are supposed to be my friends. Definitely weren't invited to the first one. I was not invited to the first one. So wait. So Dave and I went out for drinks. This is really how it started. Dave and I went out because we were talking about – what were we talking about? We were talking Southfield. It was the beginning of – it was the beginning of my time over there at Southfield, right? Because it was a serious, like, hey, we got to meet up and talk, Yeah, I, right? I I remember texting you on a Sunday. I was like, or no, it was like a Saturday. You're like, anytime you want to go out for a drink, just shoot me a text. And I texted you, and I didn't get a text back for like four days. <laughs> You're like, how <laughs> about that? time th- for you. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, how about Thursday? I was like, perfect. And that's how it started on Thursday. So we go out and we grab a drink, and, you know, the next day, Jamie's like, you know, what's going on? I was like, oh, yeah, meantime, I went out for a drink. She's like, excuse me? <laughs> So jealous, this one. Yeah. I definitely am. You said that you guys were talking about Southfield. What were you talking about? Uh, I was just frustrated. It was the beginning of my time there and beginning of, you know. So wait, how long ago was that? uh, Beginning of last year. Beginning of 2018. Okay. So it was probably like three months in. You were three months into owning your store. Yeah. Three months in and I was just, wasn't going the way I'd expected it to. And, you know, just figured I'd give, give Tommy a call. Right. What did Tommy tell you? I mean, what were his words of wisdom? The best thing he told you that day? I mean, we were drinking, we were drinking old fashions. I do not remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it made you feel better. Of course, it made me feel better. Always makes me feel better when I talk to Tom. No, it didn't. Not just did it make him feel better. It, it made him better. Like overall, the store is good now. Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. We got a got a full crew in there, and we're humming along. So, when did we have that kickoff party? The when when did you first move into that office? We first moved in in October, and our grand opening wasn't until November of 2017. Okay, so year. November 17. We're now in Feb of 19. So we've got what 15 months? Yep, ish. About that. 14, going on. 15 months. Okay. And how many coins have you won? As not you personally, I know you're like the the coin magnet, but. That's your store. Coins. How many? How many? All right, times Dave's head's has big this? enough. Calm down. I know. How many? Uh, uh, three times? store coins. Three store coins. I think. Three or so four. three out of the fourteen months, your store has been the number one performance store in the company. Right. Okay. Yep. Is that is that recent? Yeah, uh, we won it in November and December, and um, I don't remember what other month it was before that, but at least one other time. So when the reason HHWJ started was a frustration text from you wanting to talk about why things aren't going so well. Precisely. Right. Yep. That's exactly what happened. And we're here. So out of frustration, this is born. Love it. Why did we, why did we just start, decide to start a podcast? I'll let Tom answer this one. (laughs) I didn't. First of all, (laughs) I didn't decide to start a podcast. I think I agreed. We said like the 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 bar is really low. We don't have to impress anybody. We don't care if one person listens to it. Um, and our audience really is just the people that we work with, right? Yeah. So I mean, we're not looking to like have a bunch of people listen to this. It's just not our thing, for sure. I mean, I I think I brought it up a couple of weeks back, maybe about a month ago. That was a little more than a month ago, and. Uh, I mean, we our happy hours with Jamie are great. We always have a good time. We always have great conversation. And we figured, why not record it and share it with everybody? It's true. And usually, when we have our happy hours with Jamie, it's we talk all about work. It's really annoying. We always say, I always say, listen, we're not talking about work this time. And then a couple of drinks in, someone gets emotional. Not me, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, never you. Uh, 
<laughs> so there, usually hurt. there's been some other good things that have come from HHWJ. Yeah. Our trip to Vegas. Our trip to Vegas was one for the bucks. It was a hammer. Yeah, it was a good time. We met some uh, commercial guys. What was that guy's name that we met at the airport? Joe? No, Joel. 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 Joel hey, was the man. Hey, yeah. Dave, can you tell You're us the guy. best joke that Joel told, told us in Vegas? Oh, yeah. That you still pull out at least once a month? Yeah. Hey, Jessica, do you uh, know of a vet nearby? No, I do not. Because these pythons are sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember when he told that. That was a great joke. That and then he's got one. a great Total laugh, dad joke. Yeah, total dad joke. Oh, yeah. For sure. And then we saw who'd we see in concert, which none Waka. of us, yeah, Waka Flock, and none of us belong there. Oh, I belong there. <laughs> no, that was a great, that was a great concert. High energy. He, uh, he made it. He made it a good time. Are you kidding me? That was the best day ever. Hanging out in that bed. That's all we did. It was just here's a bed and a bunch of drinks. I can, <laughs> I, can, I can do that over and over again. Yeah, I remember the first two hours of it. It was great. Right. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about let's talk about real estate, Tom. What is <laughs> tell me about your biggest fuck up since you started real estate or a fuck up because I'm sure you've had a real lot estate. of them. All right. So, yeah, I've had a lot of them. The one that sticks out, the one that's the most embarrassing to me <laughs> is um, I got a I got a family referral um, from an in-law and they said, hey. My sister just hit it big. She had her idea. Um, some some a local businessman maybe that owns Quicken Loans bought her idea. I remember this one. And she now has like a couple million dollars and she's going to start a business and she's looking to move to Royal Oak area and wants to uh, wants to find a condo or something in Royal Oak. So she's looking at nice ones, you know, like 600 plus. And can we backtrack for a second? Yeah. How long mm-hmm. were you in the business before this happened? Um, probably two years. Okay. Yeah, two years. So, um, I mean, I, I'm like, all right, I got a million dollar client. This is awesome. I get to show her all this cool stuff. And her mom came down and looked at houses with us, and her boyfriend was looking at houses. With us. We looked at like probably twenty houses, and um, uh, you know, I was just. I was, I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is crazy. This like 22 year old girl just like sold a business idea to Dean Gilbert and it's it's going, whatever. So um, then she just ghosted me, like totally stopped answering my calls and come to find out it was all bullshit. Like she just made up the whole story. And I don't know if she was like trying to, I don't know if like she made it up or if she was just like, Trying to see what it would be like to look at nice houses. I don't know. But anyway, it was a tremendous waste of time. Wait, hold on. How I did wasted... you find out that she made it all up? Um, Because I taught – it was a family referral. So I know her people, mm. you know, and I talked to her people. And, yeah, the FBI got involved at some point, I guess. I don't know. But it was just – the reason I call it the biggest fuck up is because I value time really more than anything, even more than money because you can't get it back. And I spent, you know, a solid two weeks, like, you know, at least five to six hours a day showing her houses. And it's like, it resulted in absolutely zero. How did that affect the relationship with the referral source? Um, Between you and the referral source? Yeah, even though it's like family, it's not really super close family. We don't see each other every day. So um, it didn't really affect it at all. Okay. I think that the person that gave me the referral might feel a little embarrassed about it, but whatever. Did that change anything for you? Like how you do things now, how you look at things now, you know, or no, not really. You were just like, I'm a fucking, no, it, it makes me think that, you know, I should probably trust less people. (laughs) Right. But I try not to get jaded and be like that. So I don't know if I'm going to trust less people, but I think it, if you're going to invest a lot of time, with somebody, then I think I think you need to vet them out a little bit, especially if they're just going to take up a lot of your time. That's I mean, that's all we got is time. It's true. She wasted a lot of it. It was <laughs> not cool, and I felt like an absolute idiot because I was like telling everybody at the office, like, "Oh, I'm going to write this like 1.2 million dollars. <laughs> it's going to be great." Just talking it up, telling her story, like, 
she sold her business to Dan Gilbert and she's awesome. And then just made me look like a big asshole. It was actually a really great, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a great idea. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure. It was all bullshit. Uh, I love that. So Dave and I work on all of his deals together. So I know he fucks up a lot. Come on. I'm interested to see what he thinks his biggest fuck up is. I don't know that I have a a big fuck up, but I do remember, and it's going to pale in comparison to Tom's uh, story here, but it was early on in my career. I was probably like three or four months in the business, and I get a referral from Danny, (laughs) and he's like, all right, run with us. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So show the buyer, I don't know, 30, 40 houses at least. And we finally find a house and we get them under contract and we're at the closing table and comes the uh, closer and she says, okay, this is uh, what are they? I'm trying to think of the name of the piece of paper with all the appliances. A denim? No, no, no. The Like with the home warranty? No, at zero cost. What's the uh, name? I don't know. Why can't I think of that name? I'm drawing a blank. On the closing docs. The one that says at zero cost are included th- these appliances. Well, oh, yeah. It's an addendum. Yeah, it's an addendum. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways. Personal property addendum. Personal property addendum. There it is. And the washer is missing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I have no clue that the washer is missing and that I didn't write it into the PA. Wait, you mean the washer is missing in the house? No, no. The washer is not on the – I did not write it into the purchase agreement. Oh, so at closing, your buyer was expecting a washer. Yeah, I felt like a fucking idiot. And you, <laughs> what do you mean? The seller didn't provide a washer. It was there. It <laughs> was there. It they were offering it. It was on a listing ticket, and I did not include it for whatever reason. And so they took it. No, uh, the buyer brought it up to me after closing, uh-huh. and I had to talk to the agent, and I ended up having to pay for it out of pocket. And so, yeah, I didn't really make very much money on that transaction. You know, it's funny. That's um, you said you got that lead from Danny, Danny Schick, our proud yeah. leader and owner. Yep. Um, I think it was the first or second deal he gave me. I don't remember the specifics, but I remember at the end of the deal, I ended up buying a dryer <laughs> or a refrigerator. I don't know. It was some type of an appliance that cost, you know, over 500 bucks that I had to pay for. Yikes. Yeah. He split it with me though. So that was great. Did he split it with you, Dave? No. <laughs> he said it was my fault. So Jamie, you, you have a lot of transactions. You've seen a lot of transactions. Yeah. What is the highest dollar loss that somebody had gotten hit with because they didn't do the right thing or they didn't mention something. Yeah. So I think it was before I was around, if I remember correctly, since I've been there. Um and it was our it was our leader, Danny Schick. Oh. And he did so we we're in Macomb County and Obviously, we all know that in Macomb County, you have to have a well and septic addendum. I didn't know that. Because the, the, the county has to approve it. So Danny forgot that. And his um, his buyers moved in. And I don't know if it was the well or the septic. I want to say it was the septic. was fucked. <laughs> and I think it was. That's I, bad. Yeah. I oh, think it was. Okay. I, I think it was $13,000 later oh. that they. They paid for it. So I always remember that story because Danny's so annoying when it comes to <laughs> making sure that everything is perfectly buttoned up and it's great. But I always remember like, eh, the guy lost $13,000. He's probably right. How much have you lost? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I've lost a lot for myself and for my guys. <laughs> What's the biggest? Um, I don't know. What is it? You're like totally squirming. You hate this. No, I I hate talking about me fucking up because I think I'm great. <laughs> um, is my biggest the one with Scott? Is that what we're... Or do you have something in mind? No. No? Um, I mean, a lot of my guys have paid for home warranties that I forgot to put on there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure um, I don't know. You know what? I like to think that I've made them more money than I've lost them, so it's a win. Hey, as long as you think that. Yeah, it's all that really matters. <laughs> it's all about the story you tell yourself, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good like point, though. Like, There's so many moving pieces in a real estate transaction that even people like you that have done it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, you still miss something. There's just so much. It's like herding cats. Like, 
very difficult to be on top of everything all the time. It's very easy to, you know, have your blinders on, right? And not pay attention to one little minor detail that could mean thousands of dollars. Well, especially in our model, because our, you know, our model is a little bit different. You know, our, our first year agent could easily do $2 million in transactions, right? That, yeah. That's not crazy to do at all. There's a lot of veterans that would love to do $2 million in transactions. So we, like, we're totally a volume shop. For sure. It's all about just banging through more and more you know, deals than, than the average agent. So when you do more volume, you're going to have more opportunities to screw up. It's just that, that simple. Speaking of volume, what's, what's the plan? What's the goal for real team, in your opinion? As an owner of the company. This year? Yeah. Well, it's a 30% increase over last year. Last year we closed, what, like 170? 170. I think it was like 175, 180 million. So um, whatever, 1.3 times 180. So we're, we're looking at minimum of 225, 225 million this year. And that's going to, our, our transactions will increase as well, right? Well, yeah, that sh- we were at what a thousand and forty-five last year, right? So we'll probably be closer to like twelve hundred. Wow, twelve hundred transactions. Yeah, when you're talking about you know, and we say transactions and we say volume, but when you really think about it, these are human beings buying their homes or selling their homes. Like that's a lot. Yeah, twelve hundred humans moving their home and their family and all that. It's you know, it's. It's, it's uh, so much. It's overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, when you think about yes. it in the grand scheme, like it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. A lot of lives. Yeah. A lot of lives. Speaking about overwhelming and fuck-ups and all of this, what is the, both of you, what's the one thing that you guys could tell like our new agents who are doing the right things and they're seeing success, but they just, they feel overwhelmed? Because they don't, they're not quite sure what to do. What's the one piece of advice, if any? Are they making money yet? Yeah, they are. Okay, go ahead, Dave. Well, I was just gonna say back when I, I remember when I first started in 2014, I was probably two months in, one month in, whatever it was, doesn't really matter. Uh, I remember being in that tiny little little cubby office, mm-hmm. and everybody was high fiving. Everyone was getting pendings. They were setting appointments, and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, when is that going to be me?" Right. You know, I I remember this like it was yesterday. And all it really took was just perseverance and just hard work and just continuing to call, I mean, calling as many people as possible to get myself to that level. So essentially I leveled up because of my surroundings and and the people that were around me and that already had seen success, you know. So I I, I think as just as just being persistent and persevering through it and getting through it it's going to suck, but you get through it eventually and you end up having, you know, months where you do three, four, five, six deals a month. Right. So, Jamie, what was the question again? The question was, what would be your piece of advice for these agents that are, they're doing the right things and they're seeing some success. Obviously, they always want to make more money and have more success. But these agents that are just overwhelmed with the process and all that's going on and still trying to find new business and they feel like, they just can't wrap their minds around how the Devos and the Daves and the Chandlers like did it because they just want to jump off a cliff. So, you know, I love analogies. Mm-hmm. And the analogy that I would give to that new agent is the space shuttle analogy, which you both have probably heard before. But I think, you know, I heard it from a leader that I had at Quicken and it made the most sense to me when I was young and that, you know, the space shuttle burns 80% of all of its fuel at liftoff. To move the first five miles of its journey, it burns 80% of its fuel. Mm-hmm. But then when it breaks through the atmosphere and it gets into orbit, it's going to go like hundreds of thousands of miles on that last 20%. That's, that's a real estate career in the beginning is you have to work. You literally have to work 10-hour days, six days a week for a solid six to eight months to get that blast off, to get the list lift off. And once you do, then you can start coasting a little bit. But um, I think the piece of advice to a new person is you need to commit to this for at least 12 months of working six days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day. 
And who knows what it's going to be at that 12 months, but you just, you got to put in the effort. You got to put in more effort than you thought you would have to, because you got to get off the launch pad. You got to lift yourself up through the atmosphere. But once you're done, once you're through that, it's it, real estate's a great career. Right. You have a great quality of life. So, Tom, I'm willing to commit all of that time to this. However, Josh sits right next to me, and we start at the same time. We both came from the same background, and it only took him like three and a half, four months, and he's making money hand over fist. He just keeps getting wins, and I just, I, I feel like I'm doing the same things he is. I just, I feel like I'm fucking up. I don't know. Right. I get that. So Josh is not, you know, you're not Josh. Josh is not you. I don't know if Josh is getting wins from his sphere of influence because he's got more, you know, maybe he might be older or he's had, a, you know, more contact with more people or maybe he's working harder than you or maybe he's got more skill. I mean, the equation is simple. It's skill multiplied by effort is equal success. So he's either working harder than you or has more skill than you. But if if you really feel like you're way behind him and he's just destroying you, it's probably both. He's probably working harder than you and has more skill than you. So what you need to commit to is you got to commit to role play. You got to commit to knowing your scripts. You got to commit to prospecting. You know, if you commit to effort and skill, you're going to be at where he's at. But he's got something that you don't have right now. Okay. Do you think that people, and this question is for both of you, do you think that people are naturally born good salespeople and that's just why they're successful in real estate? Or do you think that you can you can learn to be good salespeople? And do you think, it, I guess my question is, do you think that people who are naturally introverted and not outgoing can turn into really good salespeople? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm naturally introverted and I, it, basically what you're asking is nature versus nurture, right? Like, do you, are you born with it or is it something that you can continue to improve? Like I'm five years in the business and I don't feel like I'm anywhere near amazing. You Me know neither. what I mean? <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> um, but no, like, there's always more to learn. I'm constantly on YouTube. I'm constantly listening to other podcasts. I'm always looking for the the next bit of information that can help further my career and make me a better salesperson and make me a better leader. And I, you have to have that thirst for knowledge and you can never relinquish. Like you have to breathe it in. You yes. have to let it surround you and like engulf you. 100%. Right. That's the difference. That That's the difference between Josh and the other guy, right? That you were just mentioning is... Mm-hmm. There's people that they think it's going to be a job, right? They think it's going to be like showing up and doing your thing till the clock hits whatever and it's the job and then I'm done. Like if you think that, I don't care what you do, you'll never be the best at it, right? It's, 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 it's all about consuming yourself with whatever it is you want to achieve. I want to, be, I want to write $10 million a year in real estate. Well, to do that, you're going to have to continue to – Learn to be better. Practice your skill. Effort hard. You got to do all of it. You have to be consumed by it. And some people just aren't willing to do that. Perfect. All right. Let's talk about, hey, do you guys remember in like September, October when we rolled out a script and I just begged everyone to memorize the script about how the market's shifting? Yes. And I spent hours and hours on it. I was like, hey, listen, this is how we're going to get people to list their house because we do believe it's the right thing to do because we do believe the market's shifting. So let's tell them what's going on. Let's tell them the interest rates are going up and blah, 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 because it's the best thing for them because it's the first time that the market has shifted in a long time, probably since I've been, probably since I've been in the business, I think. And so our whole company, that's all we focused on. Every single day is watching the market and talking about how the market was shifting and talking about how to explain it to our buyers and our sellers to to make it more urgent for them because we cared about them and we cared if our buyers were going to pay higher interest rates or our sellers were going to get less money. Right. 
So where are we at now? <laughs> with, with the shifting market? Yeah. Because we talked about it for a long time. I mean, I, I guess I'd ask you guys. Like, you guys are more in touch with actual transaction level day-to-day stuff. Uh, do you feel like the market is shifting or is this just – see, here's what's confusing is, like, we all proclaim the shift around November. Mm-hmm which is the time when typically real estate is seasonal and it starts to slow down. So is there a real shift or, or is this just, are we thinking there's a shift with no proof and just have like the seasonal thing going on? Hey Dave, can you give the Jamie answer right now? Is there a shift? No, there's no shift. There's no shift. (laughs) So I, I, I was just looking at the stats and it happens every year. It happens every November. Yeah. And there's a slowdown in the action and we feel it. Like we feel it in our bones, right? Like there's not as many showings on a listing. We're not getting as many offers. And it's because we're so used to five, six, ten offers sometimes, depending on the property. If it, right. And if it's priced properly, okay. Properly being Jamie priced it for us. If if an agent prices it, you know it's, you know what happens there. Right. But anyways, um, there it was a seasonal shift in my opinion. Um, homes are still appreciating, not at the same clip that they were because of that time of year. But we felt that difference, even if it was like a half a percent less in appreciation, we felt it because you know just I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It just it happened. But looking at the stats just as recently as two days ago. Uh, the stats were up to date as of January. Um, we're still very low on inventory. There's still between 25 to 3%. Uh, I'm sorry, 25 to 3 months of supply or inventory out there. So, Is that more or less than the same time last January? It's, it's less. It's so- actually less. Okay, so there's less there's there, there's less inventory available in January of 2019 than there was 2018. Correct. Okay, so the market's still tight. Yes, and and the buyers are going to come out of the woodworks once this weather breaks. Right. You know, once we get that 50 degree weekend, it's going to be nuts. Well, I th- I think that's what happened too. Was like you know, I don't I don't remember exactly, but somewhere around October November, rates started going up. Right, we had a, a kind of a weird spike in interest rates, and we moved from a typical thirty year at around four and a half to people were getting into the fives now, right? So that happened at the same time the seasonal reaction happened. So people said, "Oh, the market's shifting because interest rates moved up." And look, there's less buyer. You know what I mean? Like we might have just it's it was kind of a head fake. Because now the 10 years back down to 2.67, rates are back at four and a half for a 30 year. It's like we're going to roll into the spring season now with rates where they were before. Right. And a tighter market. So it didn't really shift. Right. So you guys both said a couple times, hey, it was all in our head. It's because A, B, and C happened. So we thought this was going to happen. Do you guys think that there's like, is there ever going to be a time where we like actually know a shift is going to happen where we can be confident about it? Yeah. Yeah. How? How? What do you mean? To be confident that we're actually in a shift? Like that we're like coming into a shift because in October, November, we saw like these different factors happening, right? So we're like, oh, a shift's coming. Like, let's get ready. Blah, 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 blah. It didn't happen, obviously. But how are we going to know when it, like it's actually a thing? When we need to really start thinking like, hey, if I want to sell my house in the next five years, I have to sell it now. Well, yeah, I think you're going to see a spike in interest rates. You're going to see the cost of owning a home significantly increase. But that happened, right? Because you said there was a spike in interest rates. So how long does that have to happen? Or maybe there's not an answer. I'm just curious. I think it's it's when you have – the stats Dave, Dave's talking about, like when you go to two and a half months of inventory to three, four, five months of inventory, like you're going to know we're there. We're going to be there. When multiple offers stop happening, when more homes are coming to the market, and when overall median sale price is dropping, like, yeah, you're in, you're in a shift. 
Dave, do you think the same thing? Or it looks like you're looking something up over there. Yeah, I'm so. just pulling up the stats that I had pulled from the other day. Stat guy. Yeah, I love stats. He's our numbers guy. Um, we fall asleep when he talks about them. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> this is all valuable information for everyone, by the way. So <laughs> all, four, all four people that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, at least the whole Oak Park office is listening. I made him commit to it at the huddle today. There's nothing to listen to. It's and not that's posted a lie. yet. <laughs> it's not even, there's three of us here. Right. <laughs> that's it. Um, so the one that stood out to me was, um, again, no months of supply was important, but homes for sale in Macomb County year over year. So from 2018, January to now, um, we went down 3.2%. What do you mean by that? There were 3.2% less homes listed. So, so the supply is tighter than it was a year ago. And in Oakland County, we went down from 5,240 down to 5,093. So, so inventory again got tighter in Oakland County as well. Exactly. So, so more of the same. I mean, rates are still low. Here's the thing: like, I just I've I've heard this many times, and I've read it a couple different times. But in 2011 and 12, when prices were very very low, a lot of investors gobbled up a lot of rental properties. And they're hit, they're holding on to them because as interest rates go up, so right. do, so do rental it's rates. Yeah, right? it's going to be better. It's rent. a great rental market. Sure. So they're not letting go of the properties, which is is essentially restricting inventory. Right. And we know that people don't sell their houses unless they actually, you know, for the most part, have some life change, a job change. They need to upgrade or get a bigger home because their family's growing or whatever the case may be. Or they I don't just call sell. them and convince them to sell their house for now. Yeah, but time. historically speaking, right, people don't sell just to cash out the equity because moving's it can be a pain, right? You got to can be a pain. It's a fucking pain in the ass. Nobody likes to move. I haven't. I've never. Worst had, thing I've never ever. had to move. So I've never I, moved. I moved once. In your whole life, you moved once. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, you've what only been in one <laughs> U-Haul truck in your whole life. One U-Haul truck my whole life. That's a lie. That's a real thing. It's a real thing. How many times have I moved in the last three years that oh, you guys God, have known I don't, me? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, man. I've moved three times in the last five years. Right. God. Thank you. Uh, I have three right. kids. Dave, the only real estate agent that it does doesn't it, move. Buy, doesn't yeah. move. We love moving. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm all set on that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like moving. It's the worst. All right, moving on. Um, let's move into a role play. So what do you want me to wear? <laughs> Not that type of a real estate. Oh, oh a real a estate. Scripts, oh, oh, a script role scripts play. Role play. Yeah. Okay. Saturday night. He told you. All right, so let's go. Jamie's going to be an agent, and Tommy is going to be a for sale by owner. Well, I am an agent. I know. So well, I'm going to. <laughs> I am a for sale by owner. <laughs> so Jamie's going to try to convince Tom to meet her for a listing presentation. How? So, so hey, wait, Dave, real just quick, just to set this up. So this is Jamie is calling me over the telephone. Mm-hmm. And I am listed for sale by owner. On Zulu. On Zulu. And how long has Tom been on the market? Tom's been on the market for three weeks. For three weeks? Yes. Jamie, I'm going to need you to really call me. You want me to call you on your phone right Mm -hmm. now? I want you to talk on the phone. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. But okay, I will do that. It's going to play better. Trust me. Okay. I'm going to put you on speakerphone or no? No. You just talk into it. Right here? can't really hear you. All right. There we go. Hey, is this Tom? Yeah. There's too much echo. It's not going to work. Yeah, this is Tom. It was a good try. A for effort, man. Hey, Tom. It's Jamie. Real team. How are you? Uh, Kind of busy. Was So real, t- real team, what's that? Real team real estate. We're actually right down the road from you, Um, right at 22 in Hayes. Have you not seen our, our building there? Oh, you're, you're a realtor? Oh, yes. I am a realtor. How are you? Good. Good. Good, good. Hey, just giving you a really quick call. The house on Main Street. Mm-hmm. Is that still for sale? Yeah. Yeah, it's still for sale. Perfect. I've got I've got some offer or not offers, but I got some people walking through it tonight. Oh, perfect. So how's it how's it going so far? I know it's been about three weeks. Great. I've I've had a ton of interest. I've had eight people through. I've had uh two people make offers, but they weren't full price, so I didn't say yes to them. So uh, once I get my price, I'm ready to go. But um, yeah, it's been good. Gotcha. Okay, so you said you had two offers, correct? Yeah. Okay, cool. So did you end up countering those offers? Did you tell them to kick rocks? What was the, no low balling sons of bitches? <laughs> I told them I wasn't selling at their price. Gotcha. So you didn't counter them. You just told them to kick rocks. I don't count. What do you mean by counter? 
I got granite countertops. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, hey, Tom, what has you, why did you think about selling in the first place? Are you staying in the area, relocating? It's a great question. Um, I'm actually moving to South Carolina. South Carolina. That's right. Good for you. What's in, what's in South Carolina? Sunshine and babes. Sunshine and babes. I actually, I lived in Tennessee for a while. Oh. <laughs> Great. How um, how quickly are you looking to be in South Carolina? Um, I'd like to be down there in the next, uh, well, you know, when the weather gets warm. Yeah. I'm surprised, Tom. I'm surprised you didn't try to try to sell the house in October, November before you had to bear through another Michigan winter. Yeah, you know, I I uh, I work for GM and they just hit me with this buyout, so I took the buyout now. You know, kind of a life circumstance thing. I, I didn't really plan on it, so I got the buyout. I got the money now. I'm just needing to sell my house. I I, I got a dollar amount in mind. I need to sell my house for, and as long as it goes for that, I'm out of here. Gotcha, gotcha. And you said you have a dollar amount in mind because it looks like you have the you have the house listed at three hundred thousand. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. How'd you come up with that number? Uh, I looked at the other homes that have sold on Zillow. Okay. So I use Zillow for everything. Okay. And um, I saw there's a house like three doors down, looked to be the same as mine, sold for like three hundred five. So uh, since I don't got a finished basement, I thought three hundred would be a good, you know, a good price for it. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Are you working with buyers agents right now? Meaning, if I w- if someone was to bring you a buyer. Would you pay a three percent commission? Uh, maybe if you added in the price or something. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I'm doing good on my own. You got. I mean. Yeah. I, I got eight showings already. Yeah. That two yep. offers. I'm. Yeah. I don't really see a lot of value in what you do as a real estate agent, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I. You know, Tom. Honestly, I. I. I totally get that. Let me ask you this. What's your plan if the house doesn't sell? Well, that's just not an option. The house has to sell. Um, you know, I want to, I got to sell because my money's tied up in the house. I got at least 200000 in equity tied up here that is going to buy me my condo down in Myrtle Beach. So, uh, you know, it's got to sell gotcha. before I can move. Okay. Okay. Tom, did you already pick out the perfect condo in Myrtle Beach or you just are kind of... Shopping around, or do you already know what you want? Uh, you know, I got it narrowed down to a specific neighborhood. Yep, right on, uh, right on a golf course, about one hundred eighty-five thousand. They got, I don't know, twenty or thirty of them for sale in there. So twenty uh, or thirty? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, to me, it sounds like it's overpriced. We better find you a good agent in South Carolina to to get you a good deal, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can, I can get myself a good deal. Okay. Okay. Hey, Tom, um, I know you mentioned a couple minutes ago that you just, you don't see the value in real estate agents, correct? Well, I mean, I'm, you know, I know it's a profession and you guys get, get paid to do what you do, but, um, I just, I feel like I can sell the house and get top dollar out of it on my own. Okay. What do you, I mean, what are you going to do differently than I can do? I took pictures. You did? They're professional. I got a drone. You know, uh, the, the pictures are great. The drone's great. I put it up on the internet. You did. It's probably in the MLSs somewhere. I mean, what what are you going to do I can't do? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I'm really, really glad that you asked me that. So let's um, let's take a few steps back. So you said that you, you think your house is listed in the MLSs. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, it's not. Just so we're on the same page, I just I just look. So you're on Zillow, which you know what? Honestly, Tom, the pictures are the pictures are great. The drone footage is great. So good job. You are on Zillow. Everyone who's only looking on Zillow is seeing your house. So that's great. And the you pictures know, look great. That's funny you say that because I was I saw I got a I got an offer from this place and they said for four hundred ninety nine dollars I could put it on the MLS. So I I should probably just do that then, right? Do I think that you should pay someone $500 to go on the MLS? Yeah. Is that your question? Well, yeah, because it's just on Zillow right now, right? Wouldn't that help if I was on the MLS? 100%. It would help. Okay. Yeah. I, def- I definitely think it would 500 bucks is a good deal for that, right? It's a great deal. To go on the MLS, I think that it's a great deal. Cool. All right. My question to you would be, when's the last time you sold a house on your own, Tom? <laughs> That's not my job. It's not your job? Okay. No, I'm a tool maker. A tool maker? Yeah, that's right. Oh, good for you. 
What do you so let's talk about the let's talk about the process. What do you know about the process of selling a house? Well, let's see. I watched a video on it mm-hmm. and um you said you liked my pictures. I did like your pictures. Yeah, they were great. So I knew you had to have good they call it media now. So I hey I got good media. Mm-hmm. Um you gotta know your price. Mm-hmm. And I know my price. because mm-hmm. uh, my neighbor just down the road sold the same kind of house. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean, what's to it more than that? Yeah, that's a great question. You got media, you know your price, you put it on the internet, and there it goes. Yeah, that's those are those are all great points. Speaking of your price, so you've been on the market for three weeks now, correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay, and obviously you did your research, um, and you you priced it at three hundred for a reason. In your opinion, why do you think the house hasn't sold yet? Uh, it just hasn't been on the market long enough. Haven't had enough people through it. Okay. And you said there's been eight people through it? Yep. Okay. Were those agents, buyers, a combination of both? You know, that's the thing. About, I don't know, six of them were real people. Two of them were just agents telling me they got buyers, mm-hmm. some buyer preview or something. So gotcha. I don't really count those. So yeah, let's call it six. It's not really eight. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what? Eight, honestly- eight, eight, and three, eight and three weeks, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's Okay. Okay. It's okay. I think that you're I think that you're doing better than most of the for sale by owners that decide to work with me. I think you're doing better than most of them. Okay. So, here's here's my concern. Historically, the first 10 to 14 days of being on the market, whether you're on Zillow, whether you're on the MLS, no matter how you're trying to sell your home on your own, are the most important. And time and time again, I see Every single seller who sits on the market more than 14 days, I see them net less money at the end of the day. It's been three weeks for you now. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the truth, Tom. People so. are starting to think, A, there's something wrong with your house. And there's not, is there? There's nothing wrong with my house. Okay. Or they think you're overpriced. And to be honest with you, I don't think you're overpriced. Do you? No. I'm not taking any less than 300000 Okay, so what do you think? What do you think the only other factor could be if there's nothing wrong with your house and and you're not overpriced? I just haven't found the right buyer yet. It hasn't been long enough. Hasn't been long enough. Going to take me more time. I more. mean, look, when the weather gets warm, the grass pops out, my flowers are showing. I'm going to get some buyers. Yeah, I I really really hope that you do. Again, my concern is we're past that 14 day mark, and I I know from experience that. That is the sweet spot, Tom. And I would just hate to see you miss out on money that I know you can get if your house is marketed the right way. So let me just ask you another quick question. Okay. Tom, if I was able to help you sell your house and help you net more money, regardless of the commission, and get you to Myrtle Beach in less time, don't you think it would make sense for us to at least talk about that? So you're talking about... You're talking about. Here's the thing. I need uh, my mortgage is a hundred thousand. I got the house on the market at three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. I need to walk away with two hundred thousand dollars. That's what I need to get my condo and everything to be right. So I need to sell my house at three hundred. You're telling me I could get the same amount of money with you. Like you think you can sell your sell my house for? More money than I can? That's what you're asking me? You know what, Tom? I would never promise you anything. What I will tell you is that I have more influence over buyers and agents in today's market than any other agent. And I'm 100% confident that I can net you more than you can on your own. Do I know the exact price right now? Absolutely not. But that's why I need to walk through your house and talk about it with you. I'm going to be in the neighborhood tomorrow anyways. Does 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock work better for you? You're going to be in the neighborhood tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Come on. I am. Where, where, why? Uh, your, your neighbor, right kitty corner, the, the one with like the, don't tell them I said this, but the ugly like vinyl siding, it's weird. They have like different colors. It's weird. They want, yeah. They want to sell. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going over there to meet Well, them. if you're going to be over there, stop by. All right. Does 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock work better for you? Um... You drinking, girl? 
<laughs> Am I a drinking girl? Let's Come make on. it six. Let's make it six. Okay, and then I'm sorry. I just want to make sure because you didn't you didn't mention it, but I'm assuming you're the only decision maker. Yeah. Okay. Great. So I will see you at six o'clock tomorrow. Okay. Bye. Dave, could you give us feedback for that? Yeah, Tom's uh, Tom's one tough cookie. <laughs> but if there's anything I know, Jamie's a tough cookie too. And I just feel like that's a realistic fizzbo. Yeah, I mean that was they, a that was like a seven minute phone call, which they don't usually go that long mm-mm. unless you're having a really good conversation by asking the right questions. The only reason they don't go that long is because we can't keep someone on the phone that long typically because our skills not high enough. Skilled in what, though? Hmm? What, do, what does an agent need to be skilled in to keep someone on the phone long enough? Rapport. I mean, you got to be able to talk to somebody. Because that, that guy, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants. He's, you know, pretty buttoned up as a, as a fizzbo. Mm-hmm. So the only way you're going to get over there to talk to him is by, like, waiting him out, last, lasting longer than him. For sure. But, no, uh, Jamie did a really good job of – you know, when you threw her a curveball, she found her way back. So she ended up in the weeds a couple of times, but she found her way back onto the road and she got right back on track. Yeah, she with didn't the get flustered. No, not at all. Good job, Jamie. Good job. Thanks. I have a little captain in this cup, so kept yeah. me a little bit calmer than normal. But no, I think that's one of the things that, you know, we we all as a company need to get better at is I know we, we talk about our scripts and we talk about practice, practicing our scripts, just how they're written, but where we get fucked up is when we get off into the weeds, right? And then we're like, oh, you shit. You know what we don't measure, which is funny? We measure a lot of things at Real Team, but what we don't measure is talk time. We don't measure how long someone's actually talking to a client on a specific phone call, right? Like there's a lot of companies out there like United Wholesale and Quicken Loans. Like the one thing they measure are phone calls over like two minutes or two minutes and 30 seconds. Like that's how you can really start measuring and seeing if somebody's efforting the right way with the right amount of skill, right? Because if you can keep someone on the phone for two and a half, three minutes, you've, you've, you've gotten the attention of the person on the phone at least, right? They're not hanging up on you. For sure. Right. Well, and you know, like at the end of the day, like I don't give a fuck if you have 300 sync calls and they're all less than 20 seconds. Right. Like what does that do? All you need to do is load up the black X's and rip through them, and you'll have you know three hundred sync notes if you want. There's so many right. ways to cheat the system. Well, but. not even that. That's not my point. My point is like if like at the end of the day, like it would. I I love the idea of measuring it because like these people that are efforting hard and they're not seeing the success. We know why they're not seeing the success is because they don't have the skill. So if we have like, dude, you can't keep someone on the phone for more than thirty seconds. Like that's a problem. Then we know exactly what we need to. We need to work on. It's a skill, just like all of them. And confidence. Yeah. But confidence comes with skill. Agreed. So. All right. Are you guys ready for the fire round? Questions you didn't know were happening. Ooh. All right. Go. Um, Dave, how old do you want to be when you retire? Uh, 55. Why? Because I want to be on a beach. <laughs> Cool. Tom, <laughs> what is the hardest thing you have to do every single day? Oh, this is an easy one. Get dressed. That's hard. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> it's the worst thing in the entire fucking world. I get out of the shower, I open my closet, and it I just stare at it. Let me ask you this question. Is it hard it's to get worst. dressed or is it hard to pick out what you're wearing? Well, that's what I mean. Oh, Yeah, because gotcha. usually when you haven't picked out what you're wearing, you're not dressed. That's <laughs> true. It's the uh, hardest thing <laughs> of the day, 100%. Tommy, another one for you. Favorite part of real estate? Go. Commissions. Commissions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dave. Jamie. What, <laughs> what is the most annoying thing that other <laughs> agents do? And it can be real team agents. It can be co-op agents. It can be what's the most annoying thing that other agents do, whether it's inside of a deal or outside of a deal? Well, I've got two that I can think of off the top of my head. The first one is when you get double tapped. That is so annoying. It's a double Wait, tap for yeah, people what does that, that don't mean? know. A double tap is a, a back-to-back phone call. Like Ooh. I will call you back when I have a second. I'm either on the phone or I'm meeting with somebody. I'll call you back. Super annoying. As Jamie said the other day, I promise you I have uh, a call log on my phone. And 
And right. I will see your missed call, and I will call you back. So Dave What's says that's a mo- hold on. Dave says that's the most annoying thing, but there's a reason I said that to him because that happens to me daily from Dave Samoski, Chandler Nash, oh, yeah. Kevin DeVirgilio, well, It just depends on Brian which end Grund. of the double tap you're on. Yeah, I'm always on the wrong end of the double tap. What do you mean? <laughs> and if it's Chandler Nash, it turns into a triple tap immediately. <laughs> so my second uh, biggest pet peeve, I guess. The most annoying thing that agents do is uh, expressing how long they've been in the it's in the, the business. So I, I know a deal is not going to go good when the first call I get from the other agent is, "I've been in the business for twenty seven years." Like, what oh, is Jamie? Jamie, this, what's your response? This to that? is going to be terrible. Right. Tell me how long you've been in the business, Jamie. I've been in the business for twenty seven years. Oh my god, you have. <laughs> It's so annoying. It's literally oh, it's the worst. worst. No, Tom was right. Like it, immediately, you know, especially like if you whether you're on the buy side. Because that's or all this, they got. Exactly. That's it, all they got is time in service. Yeah, it doesn't Wait, mean oh, whether okay. you're on the buy side or the sell side, though. So if I have a listing and they're like, "All right, well, I'm just submit an offer," just so you know, I've been in the business twenty years. Oh, you fucking have. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> or like on the buy side, she's like, "Listen, I'm gonna have to comb through this offer." I know how you youngins do it these days. I've had a lot of experience. Oh, my God. You have had a lot of experience. Shut up. Yeah. I mean, what, what's their experience in real estate? It's if their like name's it's Glenda, I'm all set. Hey, guess what? 27 years ago, there were rotary phones. Right. So, right. Well, I mean, the, our business isn't that hard. No. The, like, the purchase agreement hasn't, hasn't changed. Right. I only have to remember, like, I mean, I can't recite our purchase agreement, but I have to remember, like, five lines. Right. It's not that hard. No. So just because you've done it for 27 years doesn't make you that awesome yeah i agree um i think jessica did you tell us we have three minutes left uh two two minutes left all right so we had we had a couple more things but we'll have to talk about it next week do you guys have any words of wisdom to end our first podcast with so the the audience of this podcast we hope are going to be real team agents and team members yeah so um just wanted to clarify that it's gonna be (laughs) real team people right yeah okay great yeah. I would say the biggest single piece of advice I can give anybody is never give up trying to learn. Always look for as much knowledge as possible. And even when you think you've got it all, keep looking. Okay. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Good. All right. Awesome, guys. Well, it was fun. I hope that we weren't as terrible as we thought we were going to be. Um, we will be back, what, two Thursdays from today? Who's our, who's our I, special guest next, uh, and next show? Oh, do we have better, a guest? Yeah, everyone better tune in because the one and only Danny Schick is oh our first guest. And he is He's going to be uncomfortable. He's less than excited, so we're going to have to open up that bar out there. Great. Um, but thanks for listening, guys. It was a lot of fun. Um, we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you.